Alexander Mitrovich, you have to say this is there's I don't I don't think this is shocking. Two goals gets the assist on the Sherla goal. His parents, who are obviously Rob Gronkowski and Ronnie from Jersey Shore, <laughs> must be very very proud of their enormous boy. Welcome back to the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. Let's get on with part two of Let Sleeping Dogs Lie. Wolves 1, City 1. The goal is coming from Willie Bowley's arm and Merrick Laporte's head. When was the last time we talked about City this far down in the matches? It's been a long time. They usually lead the pod. Yeah. And it's because they're not unbeaten. They're not... They haven't scored the maximum number of points this season, so I moved them down on the agenda. I figured it was time to give someone else some love. I don't mind that at all. That's uh, where on the however, on the, City got screwed. I was going to say on the scale from <laughs> on the on the luck scale from like uh, yeah. uh, well, Mister Magoo's pretty lucky. I was going to say Mister Magoo, but nobody even knows who that is anyway. No. On the scale from unlucky to lucky, how unlucky was Manchester City? In? I'd say they're on the other end of unlucky. They were on the very unlucky side here. Here's the thing: don't don't doubt the magic of the Molyneux. We sure there's there's that. I would say additionally, we trashed to some degree. Maybe trash is too strong of a word, but we we were not enamored with VAR during the World Cup. We've got a summer podcast episode if you haven't heard it go back and listen to it where we talked to andrew the ref about some refereeing things yeah. one of the things we discussed was var mm-hmm. it had its moments during the world cup where we were unsure whether or not this thing was working out so well but it's this kind of play this being willie bully's arm yeah. scoring a goal and david silva getting getting unearthed by nevis that was less obvious to me i'm not saying it wasn't a penalty but that was less obvious to me. You had two guys who were legitimately going for the ball there, and and Silva's foot well, got in the well, way of kicked. was so, it Bennett's foot or well, whoever the defender was there? Yeah, it was it Nevis. Yeah, I'll I'll clear it up. Silva technically kicked himself, <laughs> and that's what the ref saw. But after he got clipped. what was less not as easily seen was as his foot was moving forward, it clipped Nevis's foot. Because Neves had kind of dove in, and that's what sent Silva's own leg into himself. Sure, but it happened so fast. Well, I think that's what again, the referee saw. But v- I'm but not this saying is, this was this is wrong. recoverable, but Willie Bowley for sure. If VAR was only used in the Premier League on on plays like Willie Bowley's arm scoring a goal, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Sure, because no way should Wolves have gotten a point. On the basis of that goal, they played great. They yeah, put they up a did. great Absolutely. fight. It was amazing to watch. I this think match. they deserved a one-one. Uh, if there's going to be a compilation of saves of the season, Rui Patricio is going to oh, be absolutely. Oh, there on is the list. no doubt that goal where he hit it into the crossbar was it, that might end up being the goal of the se- or the, uh, save, the save of the of season. The season. It, it was, was amazing. Was so great. Amazing. The only other guy who put up any significant points on the Wolves side of things is Matinho. Quietly doing pretty well for himself. Yeah, he has been good. Yeah, he he looked r- pretty good against one of the top teams in the league. But are we are we buying on Wolves at this point? I mean, Patricio buying is wolves. who we thought he was. We pumped Wolves. Yeah, Wolves looked like this. Why? I guess that's why this is not that big of a surprise. Others have pumped Wolves more. There are people predicting top half for Wolves before the season started. Yeah, 
I am still, I am absolutely still on the Jimenez train. I, I think that, I mean, he's... Six, two, and two. And he was offside. He did put one in on it, and he was clearly offside, so it's not like it was even a, it wasn't a close decision. But this was before all the goals. It looked like it almost right. was the first goal. Yeah, and on a breakaway, back. and he, he should have played it smarter. I think he easily could have finished with one, but uh, no, I, I think, I think he is still one that is absolutely worth your consideration, even whether as an enabler or as, a, I mean, at five and a half, like we said, I said it last week, between him and Ings, you know, for that price, you know, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get goals here and there. That's not why you have that guy. It's a guy who's starting, who's capable, and who's cheap. That's it. Wolves hey, manager. Wolves is going to play at West Ham next week. Yeah. You like your chances there. I think they do. Nuno Espirito Santos. Is that mm-hmm. the manager's yeah, name? absolutely. I like him. He's a good manager. If this keeps up. What do you like? They're going to have to pay him some serious oh. money to keep him away from a top six. It's club. not fantasy relevant, so don't don't answer my question. Right. Um, Manchester City. He had two major scorers here, Laporte and Gundogan. Yeah. Most people don't own either one. Yeah. So a lot of people are disappointed, especially Aguero owners, but yeah. also especially Ederson and Mendy owners. Well, but what, least, what do we say after this? So the first thing is, uh, FP or the Premier League let us know this week, uh, right after the match, that this is the most that a player has hit the woodwork in a match. <laughs> only Ronaldo, only Cristiano Ronaldo, of Manchester United, has hit the woodwork more in a match than Aguero did. So Ronaldo hit them hit the woodwork three times in the same match and did not score in that match. <laughs> wow. Aguero hit it twice, and uh, yeah, I mean, Aguero, I keep making the point. You should get a fantasy half point for hitting the woodwork oh each gosh. time you hit Aguero, the woodwork. Aguero owners were just I Aguero mean, would have almost doubled his actual yeah. fantasy points. So, and well, they talked about it too. This is a this is a trend that continues from last season. That City was by far had hit the woodwork the most of any team last season, mm. and so they're they're continue. They've they've already done that so far this season. So City, look, this game. This result didn't surprise me. After stomping on Huddersfield last week at home 6-1, coming into this, coming into Wolves, the new Wolves will be up for it. Mm-hmm. They're healthy. It's early in the season. I just felt like City's going to be – remember last season where they were playing at Bournemouth, and they – I think it was last season, and it took a Raheem Sterling injury time goal to win that for them. And it yeah. just felt like it was going to take something like that on this day yeah. to to win. City is, w- w- has never been a shut them down, win away at the lower clubs type of a team. Does There's that make one, sense? Sure. And I'll add on top of that that if you're looking at your Manchester City players that you currently own or that you're thinking about transferring in and you're thinking about not transferring them in or you're thinking about transferring someone out, now's not the time to do it because – a loss, or not a loss, probably felt like a loss, but a draw like this is exactly when you want to bring those guys in because they are going to be hungry when they host Newcastle yeah. this coming week. Yeah, I'm keeping all my Max City players, it, and I'm hoping they're the ones that hit against Newcastle because they are going to come out and they're going to get three points against Newcastle. It might be a triple captain. Well, I was going to exactly say exactly my point. Like, right, yeah. like it, in, it, in the FPL is like the stock market in that you want to sell high and buy low. Yeah. Now I'm not saying prices are dropping for city players or anything like that, but right now you don't want to sell a city player at this moment mm-hmm. because they you don't you don't sell. Like you don't sell low, you sell high to make money, right? 
this is the time you're going to get major point. I'm, I'm, I'll make a prediction right now and say that City might do an, a Huddersfield like performance against Newcastle just because of this result against Wolves. In the uh, reminder category for your next week, Captain, uh, mm-hmm. they played Newcastle at the Etihad in January, which is more recently than the uh, Liverpool and Leicester, Leicester City at King Power, which was last September. Mm-hmm. Sergio Aguero scored his hat trick uh, in that match. There we go. And that was in January. So, so you, uh, it wouldn't be surprising if he yo-yos back up to a 20. It would not Newcastle at all defense. be surprising for him to finish with three or more in that match. Uh, I think everyone with Bernardo Silva is feeling the same way that everyone with Mares feels. Um, I feel like, and Sané, you know, to have now multiple, like two weeks in a row of Blanks from Bernardo Silva is a little frustrating when David Silva is uh, looking like the the guy he was last season most of the time Honestly, when he was starting. But now that we've got more weeks to look back on, it's similar to last season. Yeah. David Silva over Bernardo Silva. We all yeah. got all hot and bothered over Bernardo's eight in game week one. Yeah, but two twos since David Silva didn't play the first week and nine and a one. David Silva's the guy here. If you're yeah, going to choose between and, the Silvas. and David Silva and the and the there was the uh, the transfers in are reflecting that for sure, but I think what I think what's difficult is just you know you you know in in that mindset of you know I want the I want the consistency I want the guy that's going to start I'm not necessarily worried about Bernardo Silva's starting I feel like he's still. Bernardo uh, plus ten. <laughs> yeah, I still, I think that's still, I think that's definitely still true. Uh, it's just that it's, you know, when you see the movement, you know, what's obvious, uh, you know, what's obvious for a, uh, you know, for the the way the players are performing right now, it's really difficult not to see that and think like, man, I would like to make that make a move somewhere there. The other big thing, I think it's, you know, it's definitely worth mentioning too. Even though Mendy didn't, uh, even though Mendy doesn't get a ton of points i mean he still finishes with two bonus points like this is the the week of odd bonus point getters i think is exactly this mendy just i feel like mendy was just his typical self like just kind of rampaging down you know the left side and putting in crosses and that was 15 8 and 4 right so far in the season so in you know kind of in the same line with uh you know andy robertson finishing with three or danny welbeck finishing with the most bonus points in the arsenal match you know, Mendy still gets you two bonus points, which I think that is like close to thrilling. By the way, Mendy has more points than anybody else on the city squad right now, including yeah. Sergio by Aguero. By far, mm-hmm. so there, there's something to that. Actually, and this was, not not by far over Aguero. No, he's over got 27. Aguero's got 24. The nearest after that is is Laporte. 16. Laporte. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which is ridiculous. Arsenal three, West Ham one. Come on, you guys! Nacho in the pick of the week for this podcast. That segment, sometimes we get it right. We got that one right. <laughs> oh, Nacho, a Jop own goal and a Danny Welbeck late meaningless goal are only countered by a lone Marco goal. For I would like to just say that that between the differential uh, article that we threw out there this week and Dave's description of how Nacho Monreal <laughs> typically scores his goals, I feel like we couldn't have done it better That's than true. to pick Crazy. Nacho as a It's as there. A it's always fun when that week. works out. Um, what do you no. mean? We do that 90% of the sure, time, Dave. Sure. Here, here's what I would like to do with this, and it is a segment we like to call Bellerine versus Nacho. <laughs> okay. 
And so what I just want to do really quick is just go through, because these two guys both got you attacking returns in this match, and both of them, I, I still say, are viable choices here. And in still in the next six weeks or more, six or seven weeks, I think Nacho or uh, I think Arsenal Arsenal players overall are are choices that you should consider. This was the first week where fixture wise you would want to consider an Arsenal player. Yes, and they gave you what you were hoping for. Right. So looking forward, you're saying that I'm would saying continue. that yes. So I'm saying that in the next three weeks, for example, you're playing at Cardiff, you're playing at Newcastle, and you're playing home to Everton. Yeah. So that's your next three. Yeah. That's you're, there is nothing that you look at that and say, "Oh no, I don't want to have anything to do with that." And all, almost all. Arsenal players are down a tenth in, a, in their points. Mm-hmm. So no, in, in their price. price. They are down a tenth now's in the their time price. to buy, in other words. So absolutely. Not, well, and we said this last week, right? Now, the goals that, I mean, they scored three goals. Did they come exactly where we thought they'd come from? Probably not. They kind of came from some wild spots. But Emery can't get out of his own way. He continues to start guys, and and he can't figure out the, his middle midfield. He's got everything figured out, but that mainly because the guy Jaka continues to screw things up. And the sooner he starts Torreira, for God's sakes, make it this week. Start the guy. And do you think he's having? Do you think he's like, doing the thing and- that Antonio Conte did two years ago at Chelsea, where he went into October before he made his formation change that led to a title do you think it's something like that it's like it's just right on the cusp of something that could be really good because every single match like the last two matches he's brought in Torreira at half and it's completely changed the way Arsenal looks in the second half but do you think he feels like he has to prove that the old way maybe work before he just fully commits like I don't know how many more passes you have to see Xhaka he (laughs) he was the reason why Marco got his goal in this match it happened right in front of him. And it's like, how many more times do you have to see him make bad passes to put his teammates in bad positions? And that's what he, Jaka is so bad at, at making passes that his teammates end up losing the ball yeah. because he put them in a bad position. Yeah. Well, and when Marco scored, you know, my first thought was, mm, flat track bully, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but obviously when you're playing a, a granite Jaka. That kind of thing can happen. Brian, I want you to answer the very question you just asked a few mm. minutes ago. Bellerine versus Bellerine versus Ignacio Monreal. <laughs> Which one are you buying? On ownership. Nope. Nope. Which one do you recommend well, our he, listeners he's already buy? Bought, I think he already on ownership, one. the advantage is to Nacho Be, by he, a mile. He's owned by 1.3% right now. Which is up from point nine when we when we said that he was a differential last week. Bellerin is owned twelve percent. Bellerin is close to thirteen, so okay. unless he has been. <laughs> so unless he's been. What? Yeah, exactly. Nacho is. And so, this is exactly why I'm saying. Looking at it, so this is. So when you say ownership, you're saying for the differential, go with Nacho. So here's some stats. So this is what makes it a little tougher to say. Bellerin, one, he gets the assist on the Welbeck goal, but come on. 
Danny Welbeck <laughs> had a sandwich before he kicked the ball it into is, the net. That is so, I mean, is so he, perfect. He, he oh. made a Chipotle bowl before he decided to kick the ball straight into the net. He had time to did sit he do, down. Did he do a couple of full spins? I, I think he did some spins. He did a pirouette, took but, a bite of a sandwich in, on the like penalty spot. Look, an assist is an assist. But here's what I like about Bellerin. So 25 of the 59 passes that he made against West Ham United were in the final third. Wow. 25 of 59. That's So he's not it. playing defense. It's nice. No, he is not. <laughs> Nacho had only nine of his 50 passes in the final third. Can I tell you why I think Bellerin's a better play too? Well, what? after I'm done with this. Yeah, wait for the well, stats I just, to be I just, done. Nah, I, I have to interject. <laughs> no. He's, his hair game. Oh, is so much better. Yeah, that's very true. So advantage hair to Bellerin. <laughs> he's a he's a very pretty man. Sure. Well, he's aren't a, they all? He's an Arsenal player. I mean, Emery might be the manager, but you still have to be pretty to play uh, for him. You know, Emery looks like the most perfect character for a Coen Brothers movie, like one of those bit part <laughs> characters that like someone would walk no, into and I meet. feel like he's a random Harry Potter professor. That very well could be too. Uh, five five crosses for Bellerin to Nacho's one, and in this match, at least, just a key pass for Bellerin to, and Nacho had none. But Nacho, listen, look, his goal is a, it. It was a massive goal, and it was exactly the way we. It's not. It's not unexpected. It's a goal that, in a way, that you would expect at a moment when they absolutely needed it. So, comparative to the Bellerin assist. I would I would say you know like look you're just talking about volume here. Nacho has done this before. We said it. This is one of the teams Nacho scored against last season. Kind of in the same way. He had just one he had that shot. He put that shot on goal. Bellerin had no shots. I don't expect Bellerin to take a shot most of the time. Nacho's going to give you I think defensively a little bit more too. And yep. I think this is why you're going to get the potential for bonus, bonus points, points. Yes. Is stronger for Nacho. 3 which, tackles to Bellerin's one. Which he got two this week. Nacho a 90.5% pass accuracy on 42 passes. Bellerin's pass accuracy was 81% on yep. 49 passes. Both very good. I mean it's still it's still very good, but sure. Nacho is clearly the better player there. And that's why I'm saying both players played consistently with what we've seen of them. It, it it very well could be a coin flip on this because the matchups are so good. I'm not mad. I wouldn't I wouldn't say one or the other definitively unless you could say for sure everyone in my mini league has Hector Bellerin and so just on the differential I'm going to I'm going to shoot at Nacho. Uh, to me, it is. I don't see this as much of a. Uh, I don't. I don't see much downside here on either guy. Dave, I just want to note that last week's sure thing on Nacho has yeah. now become a push on Nacho versus Bellerin. So just note that. Well, a push because you gave Bellerin the edge because of hair. <laughs> maybe, no, maybe. I would still lean Nacho. Okay. As a Gunners fan, and as someone who's watched the gunners here for a significant amount of time which must be hard this this <laughs> leans thank you thank you uh no the i want to lean in this on bellerin B bellerin's consistency on getting down the right flank and the same consistency that 
N'Golo Conte is getting into the box. Why like, do you keep going back to Chelsea? Will you just put on a blue shirt already? Yeah, seriously. Whose who's club are you following? Oh I hate that club, but I keep referencing them. Look, I want to win in fantasy. You just want to share a cigarette with fantasy. Sorry. Yeah. I would smoke a f*** <laughs> with Sorry. Oh, my gosh. What? Lee Dixon had to apologize for this. I'm not Lee Dixon. Because, listen, people don't. It's a cigarette. Americans, it's in England if (laughs) it's a cigarette. Come on. Get some culture. (laughs) Boy, did this. That's why. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The only thing I'm curious to hear is how much of this is going to be edited out. (laughs) You want to start over? Can I just just give you an update on the West Ham defender scoring? I yeah, knew oh, yeah. in a new segment oh, we this like is, to call. This is three three weeks running now. Like, this is it, easily, this honestly, is a, I, I have all the things that I am happiest about replacing the John Stones ownership update <laughs> with. West Ham defender scoring update is is way up there. Honestly, it really, it it didn't bother me, but I was like, come on, Scott, this, this that's stupid. But now after three weeks when I saw it, I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Last week you named our episode Only Guys with D. So if we look at the only <laughs> only, only the guys with D's mm-hmm. on West Ham, they got worse. Three weeks in, the yeah, collective thanks. score is yeah, negative diop. one. It's a diop throwing throwing negative, negative two. throwing negative points on there. Fabian oh, Balbuena is the only guy with positive points. It's one. They've Collectively, got, they've got negative one points. They've got a lot to sort out there at the at the West Ham United. I, if they don't facility. get things sorted soon, I'm I'm gonna be concerned for them recently. Let's also talk about this. A lot of people thought Fabianski would be a good goalkeeper to start the season. Uh, well, Dave, he nine saves and a bonus point. It's five like he points. never left Swansea. <laughs> <laughs> well, Listen, I get it, but my, look. You're not West Ham's West Ham schedule is still is still they get a little bit of a breather here and then it goes back to murder after they uh, after they get the next two. Yeah, it goes because I just know that their next two are easy and or yes, better, I, and then they go after back to that. Home. They're home to Chelsea, home to United, at Brighton, home to Spurs. So ironically, they do have all the tough games at home. Mm-hmm. But Dave, you wanted to give Lucas Fabianski though the Brad Guzan Award for courage. Look, when you get three goals scored and you make nine saves you deserve something he was <laughs> yeah, under he got a he got fire. a bonus point he still scored five points here he got a bonus point to get three in goals a game scored, where they scored on scored you three and bo- still outscore your entire defense <laughs> you not see that sco- he had three goals against and finished with a bonus point that is insane <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's insane just a little bit of real life love he only scored five points. He's got eight points total in the season. We were hard on Felipe Anderson after week one. Much better he's here good. after oh, he's, man, he's slowly coming back. Yeah. And Marco, yet again. Uh, Marco, Marco is, is the only ownable player. Marco Arnautovic is very, very, very good. And it's but sad yet- because he uh, knock, gets a knee knock here at 59 minutes. So it yeah. sucks for everybody that doesn't even get to the 60-minute mark. But... It's a TBD on his availability for next week because Pellegrini said in the post-match press conference that he felt a pain in the muscle behind his knee, which led to the substitution. So I think this is just a like it's it's not seen it's not as a, it's not as serious as I don't think as it as it could be. So I, I, I put it at like I don't know seventy five twenty five that he plays next week as a Zaha owner. 
I'm perfectly fine with Zaha over Marco. Yeah, for sure. Bournemouth 2, Everton 2. A Josh King penalty kick and a Nathan Ake goal. Ake! Overcome Theo Walcott and Michael Keane's goals Chelsea, for the Toffees. Bournemouth's out of nothing. They are out of no game. I don't care what the score is. Never. It could be 100 to 0, and they will find a way to score 100 goals. They have more points <laughs> from losing positions than anyone else in the Premier League. They are just, this is amazing. But that's why they're fun. They are an absolute blast. Was it two years ago, their first year in the league? I don't remember. I don't remember what the basis for it was, but they had more like American fans, or the the TV ratings were the highest when they were on TV here, yeah. or something like that. But this is why, if my memory serves correctly, which it does sometimes, I thought that they had a higher viewership that season than the Yankees. That did that might be true. Baseball. This is why, though, the it Yankees are a baseball sense. team. They are so the they are so fun. Now, when it comes to fantasy. Nathan Ake has gotten off to a great start. Eight, two, and eight. Second highest defender still on Bournemouth, but you know, Steve King, six, fourteen, and then a one here. Uh, but Josh King, I'm a Josh King owner. Mm-hmm. I have struggled to see Callum Wilson start eight, six, and eight. But finally, you get something here with Josh King getting the penalty kick. Nine points in this match. Well, this is a good thing to see if you're a Josh King owner, which I'm not anymore. But I think you kind of saw, I mean, it's kind of you thought this, that Callum Wilson misses his penalty, you know, the first week. And the thought was, if it happens again, Josh King would go back to being the guy to take it. And sure enough, there he goes, getting the penalty on Cal- and Callum Wilson gets taken down by Leighton Baines in the box because Leighton Baines is a clumsy old man. <laughs> it's, it's sad, but true. It's very true. Speaking of Everton, moving to their side of the ball. Uh, Michael Caine oh. goes out, hairline fracture in his skull. So, yes, he puts 10 points in here, 5, 2, and 10 to start the season. But now he's out for at least a month. So yeah. that takes away the really only viable Everton defender Yeah, no head option. contact for three to four weeks, he said, and then and then training. So I can't imagine that he's you're seeing him again until, I don't know what, October. Richarlison was the Everton midfielder everybody owned, but now he's been sent off with a red card. Well documented at this point. Adam Smith, I think, maybe you guys disagree, but I think Adam Smith of Bournemouth baited him into the red card. It sure felt like that. Yeah. And it worked. Yes. To his credit, it worked. Young, impetuous for Charleston. Took the bait. Negative two points here from a fantasy perspective. Uh, the honorable mention for Karma's a bitch award, though, is later on in this match, Adam Smith ends up getting a red card of his own. For taking away a goal scoring opportunity yep. outside of the penalty area, which leads me to Theo Walcott's points. We mentioned yep. earlier, high scoring midfielder now 213 and seven. Are you selling Richarlison? Are you buying Walcott? Tell me what you guys are thinking here. I think it's an absolutely easy and clear one for one swap. And but do gonna- you need to? So, yes, you, I think you do need to because it's a three match ban. I agree. I think that's the that's what sways it. It's, and, the, it's and, different than Juan Basaka for for the, anyone who sold Juan Basaka from Crystal Palace on his one match ban. Which I, I need to clear the record by the I way. Don't know what I you're think doing. we mentioned in last week's pod it might be longer. I think we insinuated it was a three match ban. It was a one match ban. Uh, yeah. So we need to clear the record there. Yeah. So if but we were wrong about point, that, then we were way wrong because it was one match, and that's yeah. not a guy you sell anyway because of his price and because of what we've seen of him already. That guy's not losing his spot. 
three weeks. In this matchup, Everton gets two matches at home, Huddersfield and West Ham. Then they play at Arsenal for the next three weeks. Yes, It's absolutely. so unfortunate that those are the fixtures for Charleston. I know, I know. It's crazy. And look, I did something for the first time. I had a freak out moment Saturday evening. Okay. Saturday evening. Saturday evening. Did you get- make a game week four change on Saturday night? <laughs> Dave yes. Smith. What I are you did. doing? So, well, listen, let me state my point. All right. This is what I noticed Saturday evening. Maitland Niles, who I had week one, right? But I haven't been able to transfer him out yet. Okay. okay? I've had other things I'd needed to address. All of a sudden, I didn't think his ownership was high enough to actually drop, but somehow it dropped. It went from 4.5 to 4.4. So, and, and you, I lost and panicked. a tenth of a pound. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, which I'm not selling yet, especially now that he's lost a tenth because I need to earn that tenth back when he does score. <laughs> okay, But he lost a tenth as well. And I'm like, holy crap. Which we said last week was stupid. What is going yeah. on? So Saturday evening, earlier in the evening, I check, and Richarlison had been transferred out 119,000 times. Who was that? Richarlison. That makes sense. Later that night, it was up to 180,000. And I'm like, if I don't transfer him out now, I am concerned that I'm going to lose another tenth of a point. Now, technically, I would have, he would have had to have dropped of a pound. Right, a pound. Whatever. Tenth of a pound. Thank you. We're, we're fast and Thank you. I'm this. sorry. That's all good. Um, thank you for correcting me. Bottom line is, I know that technically he would have had to gone lower than what I bought him for for me to technically lose it. But I was absolutely concerned about it. The rate, because you can drop two tenths of a pound and or you can gain two tenths of a pound that's the max you can gain or lose in one week mm-hmm. i was concerned that this literally might happen overnight and i'm like i'm not gonna be a part of that here's my problem i i went to walcott and i don't feel great about it i don't feel great about it at really? all so you I, currently have walcott for game week four but you're not happy about it i don't feel i'm not happy but i'm not sad i just am like eh. versus I'm like, huddersfield i'm like eh about it i he'll look he'll probably play but oh, no I, doubt he'll play. The question is, will he put up fantasy points? I I could have I had money in the bank. I could have gone a whole pound more, but there was no one else up around a pound or a pound and a half more than where Walcott was price wise that I liked that much better because I wanted to try to save that money to try to get Mendy eventually. Anyways, so I was like, you know what? Let's just stick with that price range for Charles and Walcott. Same price range. Let's just go there. I don't feel great about. I it. I mean, the most unpredictable fantasy scorer in history. Is Theo Walcott? Uh, listen, I know. If anyone should know, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's probably why I don't feel great about it. But look, I wanted to say this as a, sort of an addendum to to what you had said earlier about don't make uh, about making changes. Like, mm-hmm. don't be too knee jerk mm-hmm. about the past. Yeah, we're we are trying to figure out what's going to happen in the future, which is truly impossible, right? Except when there's a three match ban. <laughs> you're right. That is fact. That is completely fact. But my point being is this. Sometimes a caveat in there mm-hmm. is, holy crap, I'm about to lose a tenth of a pound. And that doesn't sound like much. But m- for me, multiple times when I've looked at wild cards or indoor, just trying to move other players around, a tenth of a pound all of a sudden is like 
choking you out because you can't get what you want because that stupid tenth of a pound has screwed things up. It's true. It is important. That's I the one little caveat. Like sometimes you if you gotta pay attention, man. If 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 the, the market is moving fast on a player and you need to keep that value, you sometimes you gotta make that move whether you like it or not. See, it's weird, but I I view negative fours as something to be avoided well, I didn't at have almost to take a, all costs. I didn't have to take a negative four to do this. This sure. was my free transfer. Okay. But I'm also not super concerned about – maybe I'm weird, but I'm not super concerned about price. I I just take the long game and the kind of the slow and steady approach when it comes to transfers. Which is fair, and I respect that. Uh, to me – to overcome, first of all, I always just look to see what what's the best thing that I can do with the money that I have available to me, and based on like who is the player that needs to be transferred out the most, and what can I do with whatever money that gives me at the moment I'm ready to do that. That's that's what I look to do at that time. For me, it's a long season. I take the long approach with this type of thing, and I don't really, I, I never, I have, I can confidently say I have never made a transfer. That was the my next first time. game week. That was my in first the time. middle of the previous game week. That was my Never. first time. I've, I've done that, but at the, you know, hey, uh, credit to you. I mean, you're paying attention to that kind of stuff, and that's a that's a big deal. That's a good thing. So there is there are props to be given to you for I, that. I didn't feel great about it. I'm, I'm just telling you, I made the move, but it was very uneasy. Well, and I would say I would feel better. I'm a Richarlison owner. Yeah, and I still am. Yeah. I don't care what his price is right now. When I'm ready to make my decisions for next game week, I'll look and see if there's something I need to do there. But you know what? I would be just as comfortable if I feel good about having 11 guys playing in my starting lineup and even a 12th guy on my bench who could come in for one of those guys surprisingly getting subbed out in real life. I would be fine putting Richarlison at the very end of my bench. I don't care what his price right. is. Yep. He's going to come back after three weeks, and he's probably going to be really ready to score some points. It's true. Well, and that's no why I think that. that's why I think swapping him now, like already, it's happened. If you had done it, if you did the swap right away, which I'm sure plenty of people did for one for one to do uh, Rashardson for Walcott, you did it at no loss, and now Walcott's already up to six point seven. So if there was a reason to do it, I mean, you've you've earned. And I got the him. Pot- the potential is him. to earn him. You you could you could easily get back to what what Richarlison was at 6.8. Richarlison very well could end up back at 6.5 by the time he's done. Sure. So, so. And again, so this goes back to it, so, right? So I sold Richarlison and got 6.7. No, that's not true. I got 6.6 six for him, but I got Walcott mm. as a 6.6. Six. Sure. If Walcott gets up to a 6.8... You made some money. A little bit. Sure. And that could be helpful. But... I would say, uh, you know, I would add to that when it comes to Richarlison, if you'd made that even transfer like you did, Dave, basically anyone who did it and had to take a negative four to do it, I know you didn't, but some people are going to have to. When they do that, basically now Walcott's in their lineup with a negative four under his name to start the week. Right. And now you're hoping that he does something significant just to overcome that, to score any kind of points that are going to be beneficial for you in the next game week. I mean, I, I'm not that confident he's going to do that. Before we move on to the next match, it's time to hear a word from this week's sponsor. Very nice. Hi. This is Anthony Pulis, manager of St. Louis FC. <laughs> and no, I'm not that Anthony Pulis, oh, the I one you call was. Tony. I'm the other one. That's this one. The younger one. 
After watching the Premier League action this past weekend, just like you, one thing stood out to me. All the red cards. That's why it was perfect timing for me to speak to you on behalf of Red Card. What if your healthcare communications could be easier to understand and manage? Red Card believes they can be. Red Card helps health plans and third-party administrators use the power of secure data to build stronger, more effective communication with your members and providers. Why? Because they believe that bringing meaning and purpose to healthcare communications is more important than ever. They invite you to join them as they lead the industry beyond transactional relationships toward a focus on episodes of care. It's a simplified, streamlined approach that's easier for you to manage and easier for your patients to understand, and it helps your providers get paid faster. It's just the latest healthcare communication innovation from Redcard, and they're excited to have you be a part of it. Their headquarters are located in my town, currently, of St. Louis, but I want you to learn more on their website. Visit redcard.com to see what they can do for you. That's redcard.com. My favorite episodes are caring episodes. Can I say one last thing about Everton? Sure. Just that Gofi Sigurdsson, I think, is back. Come on, man. One, two, and four. Listen, let's talk about stat. Mm-mm. Not yet. Look, I'm just telling you. <laughs> he has eight, look, eight key passes. He's got the fourth highest total for all Premier League players for key passes. He has eight accurate crosses, which is tied for the most in the Premier League. This is an obviously better start for him and Everton's to the start of this season. I'm just saying they're much better in attack. I'm not necessarily saying own him, but I'm just saying this bodes well for Everton attacking players. 7.4 might be the lowest that he ends No, up I think he could easily go lower than that. I just think that he is, he gets the assist on the Keane goal, so if you had him, you're not really dropping him because you got what you wanted from him. And It's not like there's no, there's no rush to buy him. I'm just saying, like, it's not... I mean, look, we don't know who's on penalties for them yet. It could be Baines. It could be him. But those are the first. Those are the two big choices. We'll see whenever it happens. But I would guess it's him. So I'm just saying, it's just I think it's good for everybody. It's good for it's good for Theo. It's good for Jake. It's good for Richarlison when he's back. I'm just saying, I think it's good that Gilfie Sigurdsson is playing really well again. We said it last week, and it continues this week. That's all. Said the guy with the Gilfie T-shirt. I love Gilfie. I want to talk about him. Southampton 1, Leicester 2. Ryan Bertrand rewards his owners with the goal for the Saints. Uh, rewards his, lucks his owners into something. But go on, continue. Damari nice. Gray and shirtless Harry Maguire <laughs> score for the Foxes. By the way, I wanted to do something with a fantasy half point for the Harry Maguire celebration, the way mm-hmm. he was taken down on the track yeah. around the pitch at Southampton. I don't have that formally for you all listening to this right now, but that was probably the most unintentional, hilarious moment of the weekend for me. Anyway, back to the regular football. It looked like his head smacked against the red it part. It really did. <laughs> it looked like he was—he might have been in some pain. I know. I thought he got taken down pretty roughly there. Uh, does anyone know why? Uh, I know Hoy Bjerg did not have a, a memorable match here. No, but, red card sent off. Right. And, Second, should, you know, and, and, simulation. I, and, and I concur with it was, whether it was match of the day announcer, whoever it was that said, I would have been fine with a straight red. Brian, Brian, hey, Brian, can I pause you right there? Hold, yeah. Hold moment of silence for a second. The silence you just heard was roughly the amount of time it took for Hoybier to be touched versus when he went down well-deserved yellow that led to the oh, red. That was so awful. But 
I don't know why he didn't get the assist on Bertrand's goal. It went in as no. It went in as an unassisted goal. Hoybier spite, was, spite uh, for the simulation. I mean, it went straight <laughs> across. It looked like he was. I mean, he was definitely playing it to Ings. He was not playing it to to Bertrand, but Ings fell down. I didn't see anyone else touch it. I'm really surprised that it did not get an, that he didn't get the assist for that. Either way, not like it matters. I'm just saying. I have a vested interest in Ryan Bertrand. I own him six one and seven to start the season. Not mm-hmm. bad for a five defender. No, we said at the beginning of the season in the preview pod that Bertrand is. I mean, that's why. I mean, he's even even when Southampton sucked so much of the season last season, it was you know Bertrand was one of the few guys you could count on, and it kind of continues this year compared to Cedric who stinks yeah. and who is also down a tenth since the beginning of the season. I know, but <laughs> I sold him thankfully before his price dropped, but it's just, you know, anyone who, well, after the, after the world cup Cedric had, I think, I think in the, you know, a lot of the preseason, I felt like Cedric was one of those guys at four and a half. I was like, Oh, this is, this, this could be a good uh, value choice. Mm. And uh, we see what's happened to, to his overall value since the start yeah. of the season. Southampton travels to Crystal Palace for the coming game week. You guys still high on Danny Ings despite his two points in this match? Uh, I don't like that he subbed off early. Uh, came off at 69 minutes. He did still lead the Saints in shots with three. All of his shots were inside of 18 yards, and one of them was uh, inside the six-yard box. So I still like his. I still like his overall touches. It's Southampton that makes me super nervous and i think this is exactly why like you're at home you have the draw and you're holding on for dear life down a man and you give up a absolutely fluky ridiculous goal to harry Maguire <laughs> in the least harry Maguire way possible <laughs> like that that's the kind of stuff that makes me that makes me nervous damari gray is the guy here man scott you're Two, right three and nine Damari Gray, right place at the right time on the on the goal, but still great finish. Inches from an assist on an own goal because he put one off at Wesley. He headed it that went into Wesley Hoot. Hoot, lucky that it didn't bounce in. Hey, Damari Gray, your current Premier League leader in successful dribbles with eleven. He's passed Eden Hazard in the first three weeks here. He's taken them on, and no one is getting to him. Five touches in this game in the 18-yard box with two shots, and he gets you two bonus points here. Damari Gray, solid at five and a half. Perhaps the only frustrating thing about Leicester at this point is that they're sharing the wealth of the fantasy points among all the players who are playing. No one has had three consistent matches. Everyone has had one or two decent matches. Yeah, I insist still Pereira and Ben Chilwell are absolutely excellent owns. Ben Chilwell... Also really unlucky, I think, not to score here. He did not have the best shot on a one-on-one with McCarthy, but, hey, he's getting the opportunities. He and he and Pereira both are still, uh, I think, are both excellent. You're not going to own them both, so which one? I'm still giving the edge to Pereira, but, man, it's kind of a Nacho Bellerin situation here. Chilwell's less than, he might be at a percent. Pereira yeah. was one of the most owned guys here, and it's because of the returns, the actual attacking returns. They're but, about to play Liverpool, so wait a week? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Yeah, you're not bringing them in for Liverpool. Fulham 4, Burnley 2. Lots of goal scorers here. Jean-Michael Sarri, Alexander Mitrovic with a brace, Andre Sherla. That's just for the cottagers on the side of the Clarets. You have Jeff Hendrick and James Tarkowski. 
Fulham first, gentlemen. First of all, this is the third straight match that Slavisha Jokanovic has changed the wings that are playing with Mitrovic. So this is sucks for everyone who Vieto. Had Luciano Vieto. Who played really well. Nine points. He probably will keep his spot. Uh, well, Sessegnon, at, at the expense of Ryan Sessegnon, which is frustrating for anyone that had him. And also, if it was if it's a if it's a players of the game here and you're not doing man of the match, if you're going man of the match, obviously, to Mitrovic, but man, Andre Sherla, nice game. No, here. you're not buying him. He was excellent here, though. But you're not buying him. Uh, no, I mean, this is I am, I am not, but I'm saying like this is a performance that was outstanding. He was outstanding You're here. You're also not going to want to chase Sari's goal. No, was so it was good, though. so good. It was so good, but you're not chasing it. You don't want to chase that. I'm not that familiar with the player. Is that something that he kind of has in his bag? I, I wouldn't count on that regularly. I'd be surprised if he scores five I mean, goals this season. It was so smooth and so good. It just makes you wonder, like, man, can he can he do that more? Well, yeah. is, how many times is he putting that shot on Joe Hart? Yeah, that's probably the... Like, how many more times will they play West Ham? That's probably the better question, right? No, Burnley, Dave. Or Burnley, whoever. But that leads whoever. us to... Burn, well, let's go to whoever Burnley. Whoever Joe Hart's well, for, look, for these l- days. Listen, Alexander Mitrovic, you have to say, this is... there's. I don't. I don't think this is shocking. Two goals, gets the assist on the Sherla goal. His parents, who are obviously Rob Gronkowski and Ronnie from Jersey Shore, <laughs> must be very, very proud of their enormous boy so far <laughs> this season. Congratulations to <laughs> Rob and Ronnie, the father and father of Alexander Look, Mitrovic. no one was more happy that Mitrovic was coming back to the Premier League than this pod. Hey, look, I said, if anyone can do it, he can do it. We saw him do it with Newcastle, albeit not great when he was with Newcastle, but he did it when he he, was in the Premier League. And he's done it so far for Fulham. Will he keep doing it? Fulham gets Brighton and City away in your next two, and then they play home to Watford. I mean, yeah. Maybe. Sure. Okay. You count on City to keep a clean sheet in any match this season. I sure don't. Not yet. Uh, Now, Burnley. This is one, again, we're, we're doing pretty well so far this season, predicting how clubs are going to do. Burnley, we had yeah. little hope for. Yeah. They are as bad as we thought they were. Now, I don't want to overreact. They're, they're, I think they're worse than all of us thought they would be. Southampton, yeah. Watford, and Fulham, their first three matches, and it hasn't been pretty. The only consistent scorer has been James Tarkowski, but for the same reasons Marcus Alonso has scored. He's had he's made his way into the net a couple of times. Seven, seven, and five to start the season. Is there anyone else you'd even think about owning on Burnley? Right I wouldn't now? think about owning Tarkowski. Fair enough. I mean, I'm not going to own him. If you or, were to own any Burnley defender in what for world we live, you're not paying attention to anything. That counting on Tarkowski goals might as well be like me counting me on running a marathon tomorrow like, <laughs> it's never gonna happen again yeah you're probably right, right. again like you've run a marathon Fair. before look, Ever. it's the same it look we said it's it's a little bit like i, I mean you know because we saw it this week laporte scores the goal for manchester city i was gonna say about him even like i feel like s- central defender for premier league team has goal threat everyone can do that I mean that's what that's what set piece that's what giants on set pieces are for is exactly that thing and so 
Yeah, I mean, we said that we said it in the preseason. I was higher on Loughton and Stephen Ward, you know, for you know for all the other reasons. Not getting but much no, from those guys. But but yeah, I mean that there was no thought whatsoever of owning any of these guys to start the season. Uh, Tarkowski gets, you know, yeah, I mean they got the clean sheet against Southampton, and then they it, look they've conceded seven goals uh, in three matches, in three matches yeah. and it took they they conceded. Uh, four goals in their first three matches last season. The only difference was they won and they had a win and a draw in their first three matches. This is like seven goals in the first three matches to Watford and Fulham. Mm-hmm. Uh, I this is uh, this is nerve wracking, and I can't imagine you're happy about it. There is no way Joe Hart starts again next week, right? <laughs> there you is asked no that way. Last week, listen, Ful- Burnley has always been a squad that you you looked at from the back forward. And if they don't have the back, which they don't right now, then there's nothing to look at here. You know what drives me crazy is that that the guy who I specifically plugged myself, which was Johan Berg Goodmanson, One gets point. yeah because he left in 19 minutes. He gets hurt and with a hamstring injury at 19 minutes. Of all the matches, I want Goodmanson in. It's this one. It's four two. That's right. I it, it you know look like you, the, where the crosses are what mattered here. Like Jeff you, Hendricks seven could have been Goodmanson's point. If he was on the pitch at that at that point still, but I would you know you kind of I the whole point with Goodmanson is is free kicks, corners, set pieces. I and and just just broadly his attacking threat and nineteen minutes and he's hurt and we have no idea how long he's going to be out. So that just sucks. But yeah, this there's nothing about this that's appealing to me. For Burnley at all. However, they might be out of the Europa League soon. They are down as we record after one leg against Olympiacos in the Europa mm-hmm. League. If they are eliminated from Europa League, then, then maybe a little well, bit. Well, yeah, because then they can then then there's then there's no there's no you know, there's no double mindedness. So you get you get full yeah. full focus on the Premier League. It probably might it'll probably though, be good for him. With that said though, I want Burnley to advance in the Europa League. Yeah. How great would that be? Huddersfield nil, Cardiff nil. Jonathan Hogg with a red card. Nothing else to see here. Will no. anyone? Will either of these teams score a goal? <laughs> I'm serious. I'm very serious. Will they score? Well, Mounier, Brian, you love a Mounier. Look, my, I, I you was, have a full moon. What? Mounier <laughs> on a full moon <laughs> scoring. There's a chance, maybe. Yeah, he should have this match. Everything I said about Steve Mounier was the same thing that that you know it's the same stats that anyone else can look at. It's just that he's he in the air. There's no one better than him. He finished with three shots in the box. He was the only person for Huddersfield to put a shot on target. Like so, Mounier has nine points on the season, tied with he's got tied for the most on his club mm-hmm. with Lursel. Yeah, who came in and got a nine? Yeah, Lursel comes back because Hamer and uh, <laughs> Mendez Lang the collision knocked them both out of the yeah, match. Yeah, that was rough. Uh, welcome back, Jonas Lursel. I think everyone for Huddersfield is happy about that. It's uh, the goalkeeper bonus point bonanza here. Uh, Lursel and Etheridge both with bonus points. Neil Etheridge is far and away the highest scoring goalkeeper yeah. in FPL right now. I wonder if he's not going to just keep saving penalties against just about anybody. It's too bad he didn't get a chance to do it in this one. They now host Arsenal, and you would think that the decline will begin starting. It, listen, I would like to say it right now. If Cardiff gets one point between now and November, 
they can call it a success. Nice. I don't need to say away or home for no, this. It's Arsenal, true. Chelsea, City, Burnley, Spurs, Fulham, Liverpool. If they get <laughs> one point in any of those matches, Neil Warnock should be named manager of the year. So if you own a Cardiff player, buy uh, uh, sell you, high. You should have sold oh my right sell now. high. What are right there there this is that is that is hell. That is it's murderous that is football hell. That's five out of the out of the big six. Yes. I wasn't sure that we would have anything to talk about from this match, so I decided to put my manager quote of the week in here. There's one other guy. Christopher Schindler from Huddersfield. Bonus point master. Three all three bonus points in this match. Schindler. Zero, negative two, nine. Nine. That's because he got three <laughs> bonus points. I don't know. Schindler, nine. Like everyone, everyone gets a, <laughs> everyone gets a minus two when you get six goals laid on you. That's true. Oh yeah, everyone is negative in Cardiff's def- or uh, Huddersfield's defense. But okay, back to my point. Yes, I put the manager quote of the week here in this match. So it all has to do with the play that led to the Jonathan Hogg red card. Jonathan Hogg of Huddersfield, Harry Arter of Cardiff. Arter, by the way, who is his king instigator. He's towed the line in a couple of yeah. matches in a row now for Cardiff. And hey, you know what? They need that edge, so maybe that's okay. But he's lucky to get away with the yellow card here. There's a, a scene. Hogg shoved him down to the ground. There's no arguing that that was the case. Hogg gets sent off. Here's what David Wagner had to say about it. It was two aggressive players. One much more clever than the other. And unfortunately... The clever one was not my player. <laughs> so true, <laughs> but also so politically correct. Thanks, Coach. <laughs> Love it. You want to well, know where Adam Smith learned all his best instigation lessons? Harry Order, when they were Absolutely. together in the Bournemouth Absolutely. locker room. Gentlemen, we're at the end. Let's give our captain's picks for next week. Dave, do you have a, a captain's pick? Can for we us? do it as a? Can we? Can we just say the f- the first three weeks it has been a rotation of. Sala, Aguero, and Kane as by far and far and away the most popular captain's choices. Yes, right. in FPL, those three have led in the first three weeks. Sala and Aguero have traded places in the in in that time. I have a tough selection for me personally this week. It's between Alonso, who uh, Chelsea's home to Bournemouth, and then Aguero home to Newcastle. And when Aguero played them, I found out on this pod in January he scored a hat trick. I currently have it on Alonzo with Aguero as my vice. I might change that. I don't know at the moment. Who'd you say? Alonzo and or Aguero. I'm okay. not sure yet. You own both and you'd captain them. I, lo- I love a home captain. Okay, so sure. Alonzo's home to Bournemouth. Aguero's home to Newcastle. All right. It's a tough choice for me. All right. Brian? Out of the big three, I mean, to me, like if you're going to rotate home and away fixtures here, which that was my decision this past week, was I, you know, Salah to me had the edge over Aguero because Salah was playing Brighton at home, so I picked Salah. If I'm going to stay with that formula, I mean, to me, this this week, Sergio Aguero at home against Newcastle is just too. It, I, mean, I I hate to see it as so obviously right, but it seems so obviously, <laughs> obviously right. right. I, I mean, know. it just seems like it's going to be. Can't wait till Jesus starts up front. I know, long. and it's so it's so nerve wracking. <laughs> Honestly, out of out of the other guys, I mean, I, look, I mean, Chelsea players at home, and Eden Hazard in the form that he's in, Bournemouth is the propensity for them to give up a ton of goals. I mean, Hazard has a history against them, and that game might be five five, Scott. 
yeah, playing at home, I I don't mind at all. Eden Hazard as as not as not a very much of a maverick captain here this Chelsea next week. Chelsea Bournemouth is most likely to be five five. Yeah, about that. I'm taking the long game with my season. Uh, I did a double transfer last week, so I only have one transfer this week, and I don't have Alonso or Aguero or any of those guys yet. So I don't have any option. I don't have either of them as an option to. You have Salah to captain. I have Mo Salah at Leicester. The only I'm maxed out currently on City players. I still have Leroy Sané because I haven't gotten to him yet for reasons that are clear if you've listened to my monologue earlier in the pod feed. But I also own Benjamin Mendy and Ederson. How many assists does Ederson get against Newcastle at home? That's a question worth he asking. He might get one. Honestly, I'm looking at Benjamin Mendy right now. If it's not going to be Mo Salah, at the very least, my vice captain's going to be Benjamin Mendy. Yeah, I don't. I mean, the 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 fact that Alonzo, Mendy, Robertson, and Trippier have all put in performances in the first in the first three weeks here that are better than just about anybody else. I mean, it's weird how safe those four guys seem right now. I agree, hundred percent. Hey, man, we made it to the end. Hope you guys liked it. Catch us and all. The Fantasy Soccer FC socials. How you like that? That's so hip and young. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and our very own website, fantasysoccerfc.com. We have a published stuff in all the locations. We'll be active on Twitter. We've been very active. We're out there. You want to be good? Follow us. That's it. We are growing every week. Uh, thank you for new listeners that are... I have, clicked on us for the first time this week we love it give us a good rating and we'll be back next week for the fantasy soccer fc podcast this is david smith until next time